At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that didn't realize it was reviewing two horror movies this week. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. No, 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 Andrew. No. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he would never take an extra extra custard cream without asking. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Mr. Ormsby, how are you? Oh, um, you you know me. I am sharing the camera right now with the number one cave diver in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Number one in the world. Number one in the world. Nobody better. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, Have you ever been cave diving? Uh, not uh, underwater, but spelunking, yeah. Okay, so spelunking is just, like, cave exploring, right? Like, yeah, pretty much. It's funny because spelunking sounds like it should be cave diving. Like, it sounds like you're, like, you know, plunking in the water or something, you know? Like, <laughs> like it's like a combination of splash That's what and the sound plunk. is, spelunk. Spelunk. <laughs> spelunk. Yeah, you're going into the water. Like, uh, spelunking should be underwater. But no, spelunking is just caving. Have you ever been caving in a non-explore, like, in a non-touristy, you know, cave? Like, actually just a... A cave that you've gone into to look around in uh yeah uh they weren't like terribly deep like you could get around a corner and not see light but mm-hmm. like uh nothing like fantastic caverns or something like that that's like right. miles and miles of underground caverns yeah yeah i've been in several caves and uh they're they're always tourist attractions because most of the big ones are but then yeah. my um my grandparents lived on a property with a big like creek area behind it a big wooded creek area and there were some caves in there but they were only just kind of like where you could kind of duck in and just get a little bit of cover it wasn't like they mm. you know, went into the mount you know any kind of hill or mountain um, in a deep way. My other grandparents' house had a um, a, a bunker, you know, uh, built into a hill behind it that was like... Like uh, a fallout bunker? Yeah, like a fallout shelter type bunker. Oh, um, that is so wicked. <laughs> I never I never went in there because it was like da- apparently dangerous. It hadn't been up, you know, kept up or whatever. And so there was, you know, always... But I was always oh. like, oh, I wonder what's down there. But I was, you know, I was never... 
brave enough to break the rules and and explore so oh, we missed out on bad boy dicer <laughs> i can't even say that without <laughs> laughing you know it's, me. It's, it's, I, that, I know old predications would make it sound like that's emasculating to say like uh they're no. seeing you as not bad boy dicer but no it's just real it's just reality yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a loner dotty yeah. a rebel uh all right let's get into this we've got um a couple movies fall and 13 lives and if you have a variety of different phobias these are very scary movies these are horror movies um Mm -hmm. you know one involving heights the other involving closed spaces you know claustrophobia uh, underwater drowning. drowning like all sorts of stuff uh, so then we'll do a best ever challenge for best ever Ron Howard movies, uh, movies that he directed. Fine, fine director. Great director. And then we'll do some buried treasure, uh, as we finish up. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about fall. A horrible thing happened to you. I just want you to be able to move on with your life. Come here. It's coming up on a year. I have something that's planned, and I need a partner in crime. The B-67 TV tower. I haven't climbed since... Becky! If you don't confront your fears, you are always going to be afraid. Ah! Let's do it. Let's climb your stupid tower. I'm so excited! For best friends Becky and Hunter, life is all about conquering fears and pushing limits. But after they climb 2,000 feet to the top of a remote abandoned radio tower, they find themselves stranded with no way down. Now Becky and Hunter's expert climbing skills will be put to the ultimate test as they desperately fight to survive the elements, a lack of supplies, and vertigo-inducing heights. Um, well, let's start with you, Andrew. <laughs> what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I didn't like it. Just like a straight didn't like it. Straight didn't like it. Okay. okay. Not not adamant or kind of. Nope, just straight down the middle. Didn't like it. Uh, I hated this movie. Um, like hated, yeah. hated it with a hot burning, fiery passion of hating. Mm. I hated every second of this movie. Uh, this movie can never show again. I don't care. It can disappear <laughs> from the existence of. You're coming the- at this with like uh, uh, Avatar <laughs> hatred right now, Aaron. <laughs> Um, I, listen, I am well aware that a big reason I hate, hate, hate this movie is because it did what it was trying to do. I'm aware of that. Uh, I have Mm. a, um, an an ironic for a tall guy fear of heights. Uh, and it is, it is uh, like, I, I checked my pulse afterwards and it was like I had run a mile. Like it was, it was insane what this movie was was doing to me. Now that's not the only reason I didn't like this movie. This is I don't think this is a great movie either, but it is hard for me to see past just how much I despised the experience of watching this movie based on my own uh, predilections. So um, so yeah, this movie absolutely freaked me out. I never am the person that's like, I have to cover my eyes. And there was so much of this movie where it's like, I can't watch. I have to look away. Like I, I cannot what like I'm, I'm look right now. The trailer is playing and I am focused in on the tiny picture of you, Andrew, because I don't want to see any of this anymore. It was a, it was a horrible experience. I hated it for all the reasons the movie probably 
was intentionally fascinating. Is there any part of you that's capable of separating that element to give a critical opinion on this movie? There is a part of me that's able to intellectually talk about other parts of the movie and how I would generally think those kind of executions would impact a movie overall. What's difficult in a situation like this is applying it directly to this movie because there are subtle nuances. We all know this, right? Movies have tricks that they play on us. For instance, let's just name a few of them. Uh, Foreshadowing, exposition, um, uh, whatever it might be. Narration, um, whatever it might be where... A movie can do these things and you can go, okay, that's a cheat. That's not, you know, like I know my intellectual brain goes, okay, when a movie has narration, it's it should be, you know, show, don't tell. That's a negative thing. However, there are still movies that use narration that do it well, that understand the nuance of how to, you know, do it. So, so when you separate your actual nuanced experience from your intellectual assessment of something, it becomes more difficult to directly assess something. So that's that's bias, right? In my yeah. bias of absolutely despising this experience because of my fear of heights um is going to play a role uh in what's going on here. So that's just that's an admission. I hope it doesn't negate any other thoughts I might have about the movie, but it's, you know, it's definitely something I I need to get out of the way right up front. <laughs> Well, at least you're admitting that you realize there is a bias inherent here. Yeah. You know, like that's that's been one of my points as any kind of movie commentator since the very beginning. One of the things I hate is this idea of an unbiased observer as if that's possible. In fact, so many cultural critics, movie critics, whatever, try to take this idea of I'm going to separate myself from my biases so that I can, you know, talk about this thing. And I say, embrace your biases like that, because there are other people who have your same biases and they're going to benefit from understanding how they might experience something. Um, So, yeah, that's if you try to remove bias from films and art in general, then art stops becoming art. It becomes math. Right. Because there's a calculation to it. Right. Absolutely. Then it's algorithm, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is kind of how movies feel nowadays. You know? <laughs> it can. It can definitely feel that way. Okay. But let's get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. You movie. liked we, it more uh, than me. You loved this movie. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Number one of the year. Sorry, everything, everywhere, all at once. You have been demoted by fall. Uh, uh, actually, a pro of mine is your biggest. Uh, part here is that this movie accomplishes what it wants to do. Yeah, wants it really to do. does. It is vertigo inducing. And it's I, terrifying. I don't, I don't like heights. I'm, I'm not to your level of phobia or just, you know, overall, like, life-defining fear of something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I appreciate it. But this movie is shot perfectly to induce that feeling. So... Mm-hmm. I can see how people can get an adrenaline rush from that, like how people did in Free Solo. Some of the exact same, like, tension and, like, uh, you know, the, uh, what's it, the depth perception, you know, that Free Solo did, that, that anxiety-inducing feeling that I got from that, I got in this, too. So that's a big pro for me. 
Yeah, and it's, I, it's clearly not for me, but I mean, I can see, I guess what I can say, and I kind of already did, is mission accomplished. And so yes, if, the, exactly. if that is a pro, then that's a pro. Mission accomplished. If this was your mission to create something fear-inducing in this way, then great job because it's it's definitely shot in a way that just made me want to walk out and never come back like <laughs> and i can't imagine i feel so i cannot imagine this movie in high frame rate 3d like the the idea that that you would actually feel the actual depth of 2000 feet um man what an There's experience a- there's a VR game out there where you walk out on a plank. No, like no, a 30 no. over the Eiffel Tower. Or <laughs> no. oh, it's an Empire State <laughs> Building, and you just look down on Manhattan. Can I tell you a recent? I'm going to tell you a recent story. This story does not <laughs> make me look good, and that's fine. But it'll give it'll give you an it'll give you an idea of how debilitating. Yeah, this this uh, let's just say where I sit because this is the story. So we are. Uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the show, um, guest on the show, Ian, and I uh, are mm-hmm. out in California. We're going to the Hollywood sign, right? We're just kind of walking a path up towards the Hollywood sign. And there is a little outcropping you can kind of go to where there's some hills and there's basically a great panorama, like 360, because you kind of get up above stuff and then there's, you know, these huge um, valleys on both sides. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, do you want to walk up there? Kind of check that out. He's like, sure. And so we kind of both walk up that way. Now, I will tell you the peninsula-ish to kind of climb these hills is a good, I'm going to say, 25 feet wide. Like, it's not, you know, just like a a four foot. It's it's not a plank, (laughs) right? This is not narrow. So I climb up one of these hills on this, you know, let's say 25 foot wide peninsula or whatever, and I start panic. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to die. I'm going to trip. I'm going to fall down this hill. And then it's uh, like, it's, I'm going to, you know, pummel over the side. It's like my mind is playing all these, you know, fear of height tricks on me. And I cannot walk back down this hill. I cannot. I literally on a 25 foot wide peninsula sit on my butt and scooch down the hill so that I don't have so that I know that I'm not going to fall. And it's it, it's just the weirdest debilitating thing when you're like I just I this thing owns me in that way. And so it's just like it's it's my thing. Heights is my thing. Like it's you know, it's just something I I don't dig. You know what? I just realized and it, it kind of drove me insane that I didn't think of it until now. One of our gurus works on those towers. Like, he climbs those towers to switch out the bulbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Matt uh, Roper. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. That's what he does, he, yeah. he, or he used to do. Yeah, he's he's insane. He is. Uh, he does not have full <laughs> mental capacities. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, and that is, that is another part of this. Honestly, we'll just go here. I don't have... I mean, I guess I could find a couple other good things to say about him. Maybe I'll say him eventually. Performances. What do you What do you think of the performances? They're fine. There, there's, yeah. there's nothing spectacular here. They're believable. Um, the only unbelievable performance is no fault of the performer, and that's trying to watch Negan uh, be a kind, oh, kind father. <laughs> no, okay. You know what? I have a term for this. And so whenever I see this in a movie, I say, oh, it's good to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan picking up his lunch money. 
you know that's yeah. what it is to me yeah yeah um they're fine whatever uh i'm not there, there's nothing to crow about they're they're also not terrible so like i'm not i'm not going to destroy them yeah um, either serviceable <laughs> yes yes but again and this is what i was starting to say I have a hard time even seeing the performances because I think everybody in this movie is stupid. They're dumb. I don't un- like this is a dumb thing. I d- li- okay, listen. If you are an adrenaline junkie, if if you love adrenaline and you love the idea of you know something that might you know uh, hurt you or harm you or whatever, I, to each their own. Fine, go live life and do stuff. But like. I don't understand the intellectual conversation you have to go, I'm going to risk my life because it makes me feel good. Like, I, I like that. I just keep my feet on the ground. I don't, I yeah. like, I don't understand it. And so because of that, my biases in my uh, judgmentalism of that, you know, impacts the way I see these characters. I don't care about them. I think they're idiots. If they die, it's their own fault. I like, it's, it's not like, I have no investment in somebody who's like, I'm going to climb 2000 feet on a shutdown tower. What am I supposed to, what am I supposed to care about this carrot? Like, I don't care about you. Like, you know, I mean, care about you as a human being on the very base level of you're a human and I care about you. But as far as a movie goes, like, there you go. You got what you deserve. <laughs> it's funny because last week, uh, I'm not calling this a tangent, but, you know, uh, you went on a philosophical rant about pacifism mm-hmm. last week, you know, and here you're I like, don't want if they die, to die. For, uh, who cares if they <laughs> like you have like it's I know this is not what you're saying right now. You're saying like it would if this was real, it would be really sad if this happened. It's, but it's sad. Blaming, but what did you blaming. expect? What, yeah. like, what, like, I, I, you know, how am I supposed to invest in, like, the, the care for you as a movie character? Please, let's take this out of the, the human side. Oh, the, the, there is part of this that can creep into actuality, I, and, and I don't like it. I am never the kind of person that wants to be like, well, you deserved it. Like, that is not, that is not who I want to be on a real-life level. However, I still can be the kind of person that goes, consequences. <laughs> natural consequences you know yeah. it's not that i don't care about you it's not that i don't find it sad it's not that it's i don't find Darwin it terrible award. um but you know if if you live your life this this is another documentary if you live your life going i'm going to be i'm going to go be buddies with a bunch of bears and you get eaten by a bear what am i supposed to do what yeah. like i that's terrible that's horrible for you you call that Werner a, herzog that's what you do that that was a choice you made and i like you know yeah i don't know if i'm supposed to separate myself from that and go you know separate there myself di- from the natural consequences somehow i think the nicest way to say it is there are different levels of empathy you know like i i, I can empathize with this was a person but can i empathize with the situation yeah you know? Yeah, it feels I, like I'm going to be the one doing the bullet point, uh, <laughs> like uh, opinions on this movie because you are so wrapped up in this own personal venture that you that you found yourself I don't, in. I don't. I just don't understand it. And and that so not that, even like you haven't talked difficult. about the story or anything. Like you were well, so because you were so separated from this movie right now. It's fascinating. It's well, it affects everything. So let's talk about story. Let's talk about themes. Let's talk about message. 
Who cares? Like, you can try to tell me there's some deep message here about the idea of loss and conquering, um, you know, trauma and loss and those kind of things. This is not how you do that in a healthy way. This is unhealthy. Why no, are we? It why, is the worst. It's this I, is the <laughs> worst possible way to do that. So why are you trying to give me this theme and message? Like it's. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes as I was watching this movie in the theater. I literally wrote down, "She is the worst friend in the history Correct. of time. Correct. She is the worst friend ever." Ever, Ugh. every single choice she makes, and as they're climbing, especially like you, she hit an eleven when she was climbing the tower with her, and she's like, "Come on, come on!" And then she starts shaking the uh, the railing. I'm like, "You are literally the worst friend in the history of movies." This is such an unhealthy way to deal with trauma that be that becoming lost in alcohol and drugs is healthier. <laughs> than this choice yeah. it is safer yeah. than this choice and that's a terrible choice but yeah. it's just it's yeah so exactly so the story and the themes again are impacted by just how ridiculous yeah. i find this whole decision and this whole thing and another con for me for this movie is i came up with several viable solutions to their situation yes that <laughs> obviously there are risks but I think that the risk to reward is so heavily in the positives favor that I think that they are insanely viable. And I picked and I picked them up within like the first uh, so quickly, yeah. so quickly. There are ways to do this. Um, yes, I <sighs> and I'm not even talking about like, don't find yourself in this situation. I'm talking like, no, if I, know. I climbed all the way up there. Now I'm stuck. And now I'm stuck. Here's what I have. Here's what I can do. I, there is one. There is yes. one that is not only so simple and so easy, but they also talk their way around it and do yes. other things involving it the entire movie. Can we and, just say it now or would it that's or do you fine. even I, care? No, I I have to be I careful. Care. I don't want to spoil the movie for pe for people who do do want to care. So I I do want to kind of consider the this is idea one that viable it might be option they didn't come up with. Yeah, I guess that's not a spoiler. Just let you know yeah. that they didn't do this. In fact, the movie would probably be better if you know the things that they don't do, because yeah. then you're not expecting them to do the, the, obvious, the obvious things. Um, yeah. So yes, I, I'm curious if we, if we're thinking along the same lines. I'll let you go ahead. What's yours? Fly the phone down on the the yes, drone. That's it. Fly, fly the phone that's down it. on the drone. That's it. Yeah. It's done. It's over. And then you're trying to solve this up. problem of the f being able to get the phone into reception. Yes. And you attach a <laughs> note to the drone and try to. I'm sorry. Now I'm spoiling actual things. Hold on. Take that back. Uh, I didn't finish the thought. But just just put the phone on the on drone the, and yeah. fly it down to the ground. How hard yes. is this? And then when you fly it back up, you will get confirmation whether <laughs> right? it worked or not. Yes. Because it will have said uh, posted. Oh, my goodness. I, like, and, and that is such an easy, simple solution. And the fact that they don't even ever like address it or it's just it's wild to me. The other, the other thing I wondered is don't these – towers have alarm systems for when a light is off or goes out shouldn't yeah. like shouldn't so that's that's what uh roper did whenever those uh lights go out that's what he did he went up there to change the bulbs so for for the longest time i thought that's how this was ending and mm -hmm. instead they do this stupid they they do this stupid life hack thing 
which you know, uh, Chekhov's okay. Chekhov's life hack. Um, okay, real quick. Is this a real thing or is this <laughs> film I haven't like looked. I haven't looked. But what I'm saying is this sounds like such a insanely dangerous way to hurt yourself, potentially kill yourself by electrocution. Uh-huh. Like is this a tested safe thing or is this movie like going to actually get in big trouble? I haven't done any research, so I'm I'm not going to even uh guess sure. one way or another. But um it certainly doesn't seem like the most viable option. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's so and annoying. Then stuff crust pizzaing it down to the. <laughs> <laughs> this this movie was clearly uh, written in a, a a way to, in my mind, minimize the authenticity and maximize the. Um, Mm. So the idea of you know, taking things over the top, you know, the choices that are made are um, sometimes the most extreme, weirdest, you know, choices, because that's what they think, a you know, a movie like this should be when what you don't realize is for most people, there's a different version of this movie, right? A good uh, one. <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, a 128 hours version of this movie. Now, I know that was based on a, a, a true story or whatever. Talking yeah, except about that was one hour movies. longer than what you said. What, what's that? You, it's 127 hours. You said 128, listen, and I'm like... <laughs> listen, it's got to be an hey, even number. Round it up. Mars, he, he suffered enough. <laughs> you know, don't put him through another hour of that. <laughs> the extra hour. Yeah. Put it on the tally. Uh, so, the... There, there is a version of this movie where you lean into keeping it as authentic as possible because you know that that ups the audience investment. Now, I don't know if that impacts me in a different way. If all of a sudden the tension becomes something I'm, um, you know, more apt to give the movie credit for because I'm also involved in the characters, in the story. I don't yeah. mind being tense or scared. It's okay, especially if it leads to something incredible. Um, but to have it be just a trick the movie is doing amongst a whole bunch of nonsense, um, you know, becomes really in, infuriating. It's like you can go through some pain to get to something, you know, great. But if you go through some pain and at the other end is just nothing, like why did you like why are you doing that? And so that so that, that was piling to up your on me. Frustration, like I Correct. went through all of this and for what? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um so yeah. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of nonsense choices. Um yeah. and you know, choices to make the the movie feel more extreme or more wild, including a story turn. Okay, it let's is, talk about this revelation. Yeah. Hated it. I hated it too. Pointless. It is pointless. What are we doing? The movie's better if you just tell us that. Yeah. Like it's again, it's leaning away from authenticity and leaning towards, you know, the bombastic the extreme. The yeah. extreme. So yeah, yeah, if it's it doesn't serve anything. I don't think so. Other than gotcha. It's like yeah. so, you know? That's yeah. I think that's something that, that many times <laughs> movies will do is they will try to oh, service so. <laughs> a story turn instead of the story. Yeah. Oh, so our situation still sucks. That's all that <laughs> happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the reveal is done in an okay way. Like, I, like you know, I, I, it's not that the reveal isn't done well. It's just that it's point. It doesn't mean anything, yeah. and it actually does a disservice to our investment in in the story and in the knowledge yes. of what's going on. Yes. So, and the movie does that in other ways too. With you know, dream scene. How many dream scenes were in this movie where I think the movie wanted us? To think it was actually happening, and then it was a but dream never fooled us for a second. Never, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. You looking forward to seeing this again? Huh? Nope. No, I will never see this again. I will just now pretend this movie doesn't exist. Okay, um, here's the thing. I'm gonna forget about this movie, not because of my you know disdain for it. It's just such a a nonsensical film like it it says nothing it does nothing it doesn't uh, treat anything seriously it yeah. doesn't treat anything about its characters or situation in a serious way yeah in in my opinion so um there's there's a moment where something happens in the movie where the move the what the feeling the movie wants to give you is um almost saved but not going to be saved um, you know, um, this is like midway. Oh in. yeah, 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 yeah. And it is the dumbest, most basic, most, in my opinion, um, nihilistic. <laughs> What's that? Some people suck. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, what is the, what is the point? Other than the movie wanted the moment of wah wah. Oh, you know? okay. So, uh, Polly Walnuts in the chat, uh, there's a chat on YouTube, everybody. You can check yes, it out. Yes, there is. You yes, can come if you on. watch live. Chat. Um, he asks, are there any cliffhanger parallels? Oh, <laughs> oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> there's an entire chapter of cliffhanger in this movie, which I think has to be done in every single one of these vertigo-inducing, mm. like, it, vertical limit, cliffhanger, mm. this. Like, there has to be that one scene in every single one of these movies. And yes, it's in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there are certainly uh, some cliffhanger similarities. Uh, overall, though, Cliffhanger knows the kind of movie it is. I don't think this movie does. Um, and Cliffhanger is more about the the story of the characters and what they are doing than it is about the just survival fear aspect of what's going on. It has its moments of, you know, climbing and vertigo and those kind of things. But Yeah, well, yeah, Cliffhanger, it, it, the vertigo and the and like the heights of stuff, that's not the story. That's no. the uh that's the uh set the, pieces. Yeah, the set piece. Yeah. It actually says something unlike this one. All right, one my one final thing, it's just going to be one more example of of this movie, you know, choosing um showiness over um authenticity and it's just a, it's just a simple one. Um, but one of the characters has to go to the bathroom, and so they do it in a way that insinuates that she drops trow and then leans over the side of this thing to relieve herself. Yeah. Instead, instead of, of just there's grating. Instead of just peeing, like yeah. it's sterile. It'll dry. Like what? Like what? I just this movie at every moment is trying to make you know You'll get a rash, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the <laughs> the lane. But even the, then, like you the don't way, have to lean over the edge, like yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh god, I forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, it had something to do 
with oh where where is this tower like arizona is that like where they were Something do you know like how that, yeah. hot the metal of that <laughs> tower is that you are even thinking that you're going to be able to climb it like the minute you put your hand on it you're you would get scalded sitting out there in the blazing sun mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean listen if you want to go nitpick on this movie there's Plenty to nitpick. Um, we've talked yeah, about some of it. Yeah, I didn't mean to it, start us down a rabbit hole. It's just I no, had to throw that out there. <laughs> it's it's a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of nonsense. Did you have anything else you wanted to mention? No post credit scene. All right. We will move on to the next film then. Let's chat a little bit about 13 Lives. Hey, Rick. You following what's happening in Thailand? Some kids stuck in a cave. We're on the list of rescue divers. It's just a tourist cave. It looks easy, but when it's flooded, it's impassable. Takes a certain kind of mindset for the deep cave diving. You have to be a bit nuts. They're very, very dangerous. High water level and the low visibility. Barely shoulder wide. Pulling against very strong currents. Twelve boys in the coach of a Thai soccer team explore the Tom Luang Cave when an unexpected rainstorm traps them in a chamber inside the mountain. Entombed behind a maze of flooded cave tunnels, they face impossible odds. A team of world-class divers navigate through miles of dangerous cave networks to discover that finding the boys is only the beginning. Uh, Ron Howard directing this. It is on Amazon Prime. Um, A few people that uh that you might know starring in this cast uh from yeah. other things uh Viggo Mortensen, Colin Farrell, Joel Edgerton um and some others you might recognize. Uh what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it or it was just okay? I loved it. I I'm loved surprised. this surprised. I loved it. I loved this movie as well. It is the exact opposite of Fall in every single way despite the fact that they are doing similar things. Yeah. Um, And I understand one is a true story and one is fiction, but that doesn't mean you can't make your fiction feel real. And I think it's a valid thing to compare these two movies. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I absolutely loved this movie. Talk a little bit about it, Andrew. What are some of the things you loved? Harrowing. Mm -hmm. That's like the first word that comes to my mind. Um, The biggest pro I have for this movie, besides like, you know, its ability to like induce the phobias and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But I like the fact that even though this film mainly follows our lead actors, it never feels like it's about them. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I love that point. I was thinking the same thing. Um, Like, yeah, you have very charismatic and like, you know, amazing actors like Viggo Mortensen and Joel Edgerton and Colin Farrell, but you never forget for a single second that this is not a movie about them. Yeah, and, and let me be, be clear. I think both Vigo and Colin are amazing in this movie. I Stellar. I love them so much as these characters. Um, they are, to me, fully uh, a different person. Like, I literally, just even talking now about Colin Farrell, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was Colin Farrell. Because it wasn't Colin Farrell. It was this diver. and um, it, it's He's just, been so transformative this year with this and Penguin. 
<laughs> yes. It was weird for him to do the penguin makeup in this, but uh, I guess it makes yeah. sense with swimming under the water and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was. Re- <laughs> so, so don't get me wrong. I was really impressed with their performances, but it is not about them in the movie. Doesn't there's the, there's a real tendency in these movies to make it about a certain character or a couple of characters in, 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 you know, worse hands, this movie starts with some really deep and meaningful scene about the Vigo Mortensen character, something from his past where he yeah. lost someone in a tunnel. And, and then, you know, the movie becomes about, him conquering those fears to save these boys or whatever. And this movie goes, no, that's not what we're about here. What we're about here is this, the truth of this situation, the authenticity of this situation. And we're not even going to bring these, these big name actors and their amazing performances into this film until these people actually entered into the story. Um, mm-hmm. It's very linear in that way. And I think it, it serves the movie well. Yeah. So, um, I don't personally have any like phobias of like drowning or you know like claustrophobia. claustrophobia yeah. Now that's not saying uh, that's how I'd like to go. <laughs> that's just saying like Andrew has made it clear he would yeah. love to drown. Yes, I would love to drown. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. That's morbid. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, but this movie made me feel a level of yes. those. So like even though like. I'm I'm not like terrified like I am with sharks or something like that, but this movie it got me a little claustrophobic and it got me uh uh you know like the fear of drowning and I gotta say I watched this on my phone not on like a big screen and the fact that <laughs> it still you? made yeah uh, I did uh, I was at work anyway I uh, but even like I have to say even watching it on a phone it made me feel those things so I can only imagine that that would be elevated if I were to watch it on like a real screen I, I bet it would be I, I watched it on a very nice large screen with huge sound and it was quite immersive uh, and submersive immersive and submersive hey. um yeah I it, it was enough that my wife couldn't watch she watched a little bit and she does have kind of claustrophobia stuff mm. and she was like I don't need this and uh, <laughs> <laughs> she walked away uh, but in a different way if I do believe if I were claustrophobic instead of acro- uh, acrophobic um this would have been the example of the movie where it's like it's worth it. It's wor- like yes. you're, you're making me feel these things. I don't. It's a displeasure. But at the end of the day, the story you're telling and the way you're telling it and the authenticity of it makes me feel something, you know, valuable in the end that makes that pain worth, you know, yeah. what I went through. Um it just it really is the opposite. These movies are like polar opposites, um, trying you know, kind of doing similar things. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was absolutely, um, I think, worth the the fear and the tension and all those kind of things. And it's so well yeah. done. And that's not easy, by the way. It is not easy to film underwater scenes. It is not easy to capture the uh, closed off space of dark underwater. Like that's you know. That is a difficult thing to light. It's a difficult thing to shoot. It's a difficult thing to, you know, figure out the storyboarding and the editing. And it's just so, so expertly done here. Um, really a technically uh, a remarkable movie. Yeah. That was actually going to be one of my pros is the fact that so much of this movie is taking place in dark areas. But 
the ability for things to still be visible, like mm-hmm. and understandable. Yeah. Do you have any idea how rare that is in movies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That like a lot of people a lot of movies use darkness to hide stuff. But no, this mm-hmm. somehow making the darkness visible and like intelligible, I guess, is a better way to say it. But yeah. Really like that. I how familiar were you with like a uh, you know the this incident in Thailand? A little like, bit. Did you follow I remember, it? I did. I did follow it a little bit. Um, yeah. Not enough that I knew exactly what happened. In fact, my wife and I were having a conversation. She was sure, and I and I understand how this happens. And this is this is how you know most of us end up believing things that aren't true, and we can't believe that we you know thought it. But she had remembered that Elon Musk had created this like he did. pill thing, and that that's how you know they they ended up getting out and. I, yeah, uh, he called somebody. I, I don't want to use the same word that he used, but uh, it starts with a P. He called him uh-huh. P guy, and uh, took him to court and everything. There was a huge deal with Elon Musk in this whole thing, which I'm glad. It weren't. But <laughs> one they of my didn't jokes use his stuff in the end to get them out. Did they? Yeah. No, they didn't. Right. That's uh, what I'm saying. So what I was saying was, in my wife's mind, that's that's what had happened. Was the, the oh, Elon she Musk thought that Elon Musk the, did do it because what happens is w- when you see news from a distance, your mind fills in blanks, right? And so yeah. it's it's kind of one of those interesting things, and it's one of the reasons I love movies like this. Is it you know, and again, movies can play fast and loose with the truth. Don't get me wrong; even movies yeah. based on a true story can do that. Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I I think that's an interesting nuanced discussion to have about how to create uh movies based on true stories um however one of my favorite things about this movie um and i haven't done all the research as far as you know if they did change the story at all in any kind of ways but what i like about this movie is that it's almost doc like a documentary style telling of a true story reenactment (laughs) yeah it's almost yeah it's almost like more of a reenactment than um you know, a dramatization. Yeah. Um, because, and what I love that the movie does, and it does it subtly and it does it well, and it only does it, I think, when it's pertinent to the movement of the movie in our understanding. It uses graphics. I thought the graphics were clear, understandable, and perfectly placed, mm-hmm. um, you know, to tell us how, you know, far this place was. Because without those graphics and distances and those kind of things, you don't get the full scope of what they're doing here when you realize you know when it comes pops up on screen seven and a half hours late you know into this and you realize oh my goodness Mm -hmm. they've been diving through caves for seven plus hours to get there i want to build off of that because something else this movie does that's amazing it's subtle but if you pick up on it you you just hold on to it and love it it's the fact that whenever they have the map pop up you can see that it kind of fades off to the left of the screen. So in your mind, you know there's more to the mapping of this cave that they're right. not showing us yet. Like right. this, this is going to get huge, and it slowly does as the movie progresses. This map slowly expands to the left until you you get to like the full scale of everything, and you realize how big it is, and you're like, wow. I mean, they were a, a mile, mile and a half in, uh, 2,500 yeah. meters, which I think is a mile and a half, um, and, or a little over a mile and a half, and most of it was underwater, 
when they were trying to rescue them. Like, yeah. you know, um, that, ca- that, fl- that cave was flooded for eight months. Completely flooded. Yeah. Yeah. After that. Mm-hmm. Another thing this movie did great was it made me appreciate the difficulty of the situation. Yes. Because I didn't understand or appreciate the difficulty of the situation when I was watching it on the news. How right. they, you know, broke everything down and like made it understandable made me realize like this was an impossible situation and I can now appreciate and you know, have, you know, uh, you know, great admiration for the people that pulled this off. Yeah. And in, in also how ridiculous it is that, um, and again, we're talking about a real life event here. So I'm, I apologize if, if any of this seems spoilery for the movie, but I, ass- yeah. I assume most people, um, when it comes to real life stuff, um, you know, have at least some familiarity with it, but the miracle yeah, of the caveat. fact, yeah, and I, I guess if if you don't know what happened in this and you don't want to know, maybe you can jump forward a little bit. But I am yeah. going to be specific about a couple things. But the miracle that every single one of those kids came out alive is this movie makes it so clear what a miracle that was. You know what yeah. what a crazy. And miracle can be – it's its a word that's thrown around a lot. And it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Let me be clear what, what I mean. I don't mean to diminish the hard work, intelligence, intellect. Uh, I'm not talking about chance. I'm not talking about those kind of things. I'm talking about the idea that just there was this needle to thread and the experts in threading needles somehow threaded that needle um, from a mile and a half out. You know, like it's its It's wild. Wild. When you realize how many moving parts need to work in tandem to pull this off, that's how you can appreciate, you know, like everything had to work at this exact time to let something else work. And the plan exact was so time. ridiculous that, you know, the doctor is rightfully saying, no, we no, no this we cannot do this. And just just to understand the craziest part about the decision making in this is to understand look we either probably bring out uh non-alive children or we definitely, definitely. bring out non-alive children and to understand yeah. that in a way that goes i guess we shoot for the probably you know um yeah. it's it's like just the mental uh, ability and strength to do that and go Okay, let's go for it, even though it probably won't work. And yeah. we'll probably, you know, yeah. Because the, you got to think how they are. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, just that's the whole Vigo Morton, Mortensen character, right? That's the whole Richard Stanton thing is just like, uh, you know, great. We found them, but everybody thinks that means they're saved and they're still probably going to die. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, the way I looked at it is a. Uh, 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 Paul again in the chat said, uh, "Does this feel like only the Brave where they build up the character?" Uh, no, because the no, it's very different are, than Only the Brave, yeah. and I love Only yeah. the Brave. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies because I think Only the Brave does focus more on the characters, while Correct. this movie focuses more on the situation. Yep. But there are moments in this movie, like Aaron's talking about, where there are situations where you have the characters mulling over this choice of, "Do I live?" Like it, it kind of boils down to this: Do I live with the feeling of regret? Like I could have done something, but 
but I chose to just say, hey, these kids are going to die and there's nothing. Or do I live with the guilt of feeling like I killed these kids with this wild idea? Right. Like, it's a, it's, <laughs> it feels like there's, oh, those are your only two options, but really there's a sliver of a third option where everything <laughs> works out. Yeah. But you don't think of that one. Nope. Um, absolutely uh, amazing stuff. I think I've said pretty much everything I want to say. Uh, it's just a really well-made movie. Um, I, this does The way this does feel like Only the Brave to me is I can see a world where this movie just flies completely under the radar. And mm. three years from now, people are all of a sudden going, man, that 13 Lives movie is really good. Because that's how I feel about Only the Brave. Um, since... Um, what's his name the director did top gun maverick yeah and now people are going back and watching more of his stuff and they're going man this only the brave is actually good i was i was shouting to you about only the brave yeah. five years ago yeah nobody listened you know what um, only the brave it was a slow burn <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah thank you well maybe 13 lives will have more than a trickle down effect uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here all night people <laughs> Uh, all right, let's continue um, on. Did you have any anything else? Any uh, yep. one more thing? <laughs> no post credit scene. No sequels in the work. <laughs> no. Monsoon no two electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, not happening. Not happening. Uh, before we move on, a huge thank you to our Sif Pop members. Um, we appreciate you quite a bit. A big old shout out to Sepe Coupins, uh, who came on board this past week. Woo! Um, appreciate you and the others uh, who have been faithfully supporting uh, what goes on here. Um, so if you're interested in that, here's basically how it works. It is a simple fan funding where you enjoy what we do. And so you say, you know what, I can throw five bucks uh, a month your way. And what that allows us to do is keep doing this podcast, uh, keep doing the website. There's some great articles and reviews that happen at sifpop.com. So because of you, we can keep going and we give you some thank you things. Uh, one of the, th- the main things uh, that we do is an ad free podcast feed just for you. So it's this podcast but without the advertising and then every week there's also a bonus podcast this week we talked about the scariest we've ever been uh, scared most scared we've ever been watching uh, a movie so if you want to hear that conversation as well as the many others uh, that we've had before that all of those will be accessible to you in your own podcast feed not just the ones from when you sign up but even the ones in the past so uh, if you're interested in checking that out uh, go to patreon.com slash siftpop patreon.com slash sifpop and know from the bottom of our hearts how much we appreciate it uh, and how much uh, we love our sifpop members we love doing the extra content for you guys so go check that out again patreon.com slash sifpop at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's uh, let's move into the best ever challenge. We're going to do best ever Ron Howard films. We will go number five to number one. Um, if you have it higher, feel free to trump it. Trump. So, uh, all righty, uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? What's your uh, number five? Ron Howard done a few movies. He's done I a like few. Yeah, yeah, there. I mean, honestly, there are only a handful of directors where you can do a best ever challenge where they have enough. You know. Uh, movies out there to be able to really kind of put together the list so yeah, yeah. and you know not uh what's the name of that director uh in hollywood that people associate like if they know they did alan a bad smithy? movie alan smithy is it <laughs> yeah we should do a best ever alan smithy films uh oh that point. would be amazing <laughs> um yeah so uh my number five willow yeah i had that in my honorable mentions it, it it i know that there are movies of his that he's done that are technically better but when i'm looking at this movie or looking at making this list i want to look at how this movie impacted me and i watched Mm -hmm. willow so much growing up so so much of like my childhood and like me and my this is like me my dad and my sister like this is our favorite movie like we always we quote it all the time so there's definite uh, you know emotional historical connection for me with this movie again there are movies that he's that howard's done that i know are technically better but gotta put willow on this list somewhere no i totally get it like i said it was in my honorable mentions um and it's definitely worth mentioning as even just you know fantasy movies are interesting they kind of they're a difficult one to really pull off and we forget because some of the greatest movies ever made are fantasy movies like lord of the rings or whatever um you know how difficult it can be, but Willow's Willow's good. Yeah, Val Kilmer, love him. Warwick Davis. Uh, my number five might get Trump. Cinderella Man, maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So that Sorry, is my number buddy. five. What's your number four, Andrew? Uh, this one might get trumped. Rush. No, I have it at number four as well. We can talk about it right now. Nice. Did not expect this movie to be as amazing as it is. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Shockingly good. This because is another one of those movies I feel like I shouted about and then just kind of disappeared and then people found it later and were like, hey, you know what? Rush is a pretty good movie. <laughs> because I'm not really a car guy. Like, right. like, like my the reason I love this movie isn't because I you know, am adamant about Formula One or, you know, racing life or anything like that. It's because this movie does such a good job of building this rivalry between these two guys that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they would have competed in. The fact that they their disdain for each other that's what you know drives this movie. Mm. Yes, yes, it does. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love this. Um, I think it remains one of Chris Hemsworth's best performances. Um, yeah. I think Daniel Bruhl is the standout here. I mean, he's mm. incredible. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Hemsworth is right there, too, and doing exactly what he needs to do. This movie is shot well. It is so... This is the thing about Ron Howard, right? Ron Howard, I think, gets a little bit slotted in kind of the the medium part of, you know, greatest directors of all time kind of list. Like, you know, you've, you've got the Spielbergs mention. and the Scorseses and that kind of stuff. And then it's like, yeah, Ron Howard's good. Ron Howard is so technically proficient that he it's almost difficult for him to make a bad movie. And that is, you know, I'm not saying he hasn't, but that's not what we're here to talk about. But I am saying that he does so many movies that, you know, in lesser hands would feel very basic. And yet he Mm -hmm. is so technically proficient, he elevates them. And I think that's really important. Um, And Rush is one of those movies that I think he just elevates with his skill. I didn't mention this whenever we were talking about 13 Lives, but I think that Ron Howard has a kind of watermark way of making movies like you can tell when it's a Ron Howard movie but I didn't feel that way whenever I was watching 13 Lives it didn't feel like a Ron Howard movie to me so that was another yeah. I guess you could say a pro or a negative depending on how you look at it but but he's kind of been doing documentaries for a little bit the past few years and so I think that you're feeling some of that documentary muscle mm. memory in yeah. uh, 13 Lives that isn't in necessarily some of his other stuff although yeah. Um, although there is one that I will be talking about that does feel a little yeah. bit more documentary yeah. style. Well, I, 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 maybe it's, I feel whenever I watch Ron Howard movies, it feels like there's a scale to them. Like mm-hmm. they feel bigger somehow. Sure. Uh, whereas I guess with a claustrophobic movie like 13 hours, <laughs> that's kind of yeah, it's not defeating exactly the purpose. You uh, your number three now, is that uh, right? Y- or no, it's, no, I think it's your number three. Yeah. Okay. It's going to get Trump, but Apollo 13. That will be trumped. Yeah. Uh, my number three is the other documentary style one that, that I wanted to talk about, which is Frost Nixon uh, is not my number three. Yeah, that would have been. That's a movie I think is better than Willow, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Frost Nixon is so good. And you really do feel like you're there experiencing what happened. It's kind of it's. Yes, it's. It's just amazing that this actually happened. And the way that Ron Howard captures it and presents it is perfect storytelling. If you did haven't you, seen Frost Nixon, high, high recommend. Yeah. Did you, after um, after you watched Frost Nixon, did you go back to actually watch the, uh, the real I did. interviews? I did, I did too. I thought that that was something amazing because it makes, because... <laughs> I, because Ron Howard does such an amazing job of making the same. Like, there's no way this happened, you know. Like, there's right. it's so crazy that he makes you want to go and actually watch it, and you're like, "Oh mm-hmm. crap, this happened!" Oh yes, it did. Oh indeed, yeah. it did. I, I always go back to the line. Like, if I were to make like a top hundred list of like greatest movie quotes, something from this is, I think whenever the president does something, that means it's not illegal. Oh boy! If 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 only that were still something that <laughs> were in the news. Yeah, um, you know, this, this is sh- <laughs> I know it's a shocking and unfound and unheard of, you know, concept. Yeah, uh, it's it is it's it's a must watch. It is an absolutely must watch. Totally um, agree. Brilliant. Frost, Frost brilliant. Nixon is my number three. Uh, I think number two, Andrew. What's your number two? This is where I have Cinderella Man. Okay, talk about it. Speak on it. Yeah, uh, well, I'm a I'm a huge boxing guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And the story of Jim Braddock is it's it's 
A, I think the movie does a great job of making it not only a boxing movie, but it makes a movie about, you know, the depression, you know, and like how it how it affected people. And this normally with a boxing movie, you have a a a, a rise to stardom, like a, a pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, that kind of like Rocky, you know, but this is a, mm-hmm. a, a fall from grace, not by one's own doing, but just by the. Uh, the world at large taking it from you and uh how he he did it to be a star initially but now he's doing it to provide food for his family and it's Mm -hmm. such whenever you see (laughs) i don't know why i'm getting emotional well because it's an emotional scene it is that scene whenever uh russell crowe is uh he goes back to the uh the athletic commission and he's begging them for money Mm-hmm. that scene gets me so hard because that's everything for a man is to you know s- see himself as a provider mm-hmm. oh yeah. my god that is, that is <laughs> let it out andrew let it out whoa oh. uh no it is it is worthy of your tears uh it is a beautiful movie uh, i had it at number five and it's one i need to revisit um it's it's really great but i haven't watched it in a while um, and I need oh, to check it out. So. And Renee Zellweger was astonishing in that movie, too. Transform- yeah. I think she won Best Actress, actually. Yeah. Uh, this would be the uh, the Russell Crowe section of the conversation if I didn't think <laughs> it, it, it was going to get trumped. But uh, I have a beautiful mind at number two. Yeah, you do. Sorry. We're going to have to no, no, wait no. on that one. Well, let's but, talk about hey, number one. the good one's. news is we get to talk about Apollo 13 now. <laughs> well, actually, we get to talk about A Beautiful Mind first because you're number one first. But Oh, okay. That's um, it. Yeah, what uh, this was a one-two punch for Russell Crowe because the movie he did before Beautiful Mind was Gladiator. <laughs> Can you mm-hmm. imagine coming out of the gate to announce yourself to in the world like I am Russell Crowe, Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind? He yeah. he won he won for Gladiator for Best Actor, but he didn't win for A Beautiful Mind, and I think that his performance in A Beautiful Mind is better. Oh, I think so too. I yeah, yeah, I think that's. I don't even know that that's a weird opinion. I think a lot of people would consider this his better performance. I think I, I think my head was just going to. I think people would consider Gladiator a better movie than A Beautiful Mind. Possibly, which yeah. Maybe I maybe I do, but a, a beautiful a beautiful mind. This is another. I can't believe this is a true story, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't know the story of John Nash uh, before seeing this movie. I, I don't either. know about you. Didn't either. Nope. Didn't uh, know a thing. So, yeah, so I didn't know even as I was watching the movie that I was watching a true story. <laughs> when it was revealed at the very end, I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I think I knew when I was watching, but I, I, hadn't, I didn't really know anything about it before watching. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, it's a movie that even though it's about a, a real thing, I don't want to spoil. So if you don't know anything about John Nash and you haven't seen A Beautiful Mind, don't look it up. Just watch this movie. It is astonishing. Everybody in this movie is great. He's great. Uh, Ed Harris is great. Uh, Jennifer Connelly's great. Yeah, just great. Great, 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 great. Everybody is great. Uh, you you covered pretty much everything that I would cover. Um, it, another must watch. Uh, it's just it's just expert filmmaking. So, yeah. Aaron, yeah, talk about yeah. Apollo thirteen. I will talk about Apollo thirteen and one of the. Things that I hear from people about Ron Howard is, yeah, Apollo 13 is great, but really, I mean, everything else is kind of just okay. And I, one of the things where 
doing a list like this, I think you cannot look at our list today and go, Ron Howard is not one of our great directors. He is one mm. of our great directors. And yes. I don't know why it feels like so many people kind of downplay his skill, but man, what a list of amazing movies. The one that nobody disagrees about, I shouldn't say nobody, the one that most people don't disagree about is Apollo 13. Um, this is just one of the most interesting, expertly done, expertly told true stories with incredible performances down the line um i just i absolutely love this movie i think it's it's really really amazing and honestly this is kind of what ron howard has done when he's at his best right is take something true and just put it on the screen in a way that is compelling and interesting and tells the story uh to speak to us about um you know honestly this is 13 lives and apollo 13 have a lot of similarities similarities beyond the number 13. Like it, they they are very similar explorations of humans being like let's solve this problem. Let's do, you know, let's figure out how to save these people by solving this impossible problem. And um yeah, I really I really really dig that. <laughs> okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, every single movie on your list is based on a true story. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. If uh, if I if I would have switched to uh, Frost Nixon with Willow, yeah, every single one would be based on true story. Ron Howard does tells great true stories, man. He knows he how does. to tell them. And uh, something else for Apollo thirteen, like if you're uh, going into this uh, thirteen lives and you're oh, both movies have thirteen in them. Fun. Uh, I, ju- I literally just said that. Did you not hear me say that? I really didn't. Sorry, because oh, I was I, I, I said I they was were doing very... the math in my head of like oh, look at the like maybe they're all based on true. Yeah, story, I just so. said they they have. Uh, they have a lot of similarities beyond just having the number 13 in the title. Yeah. Apologies, everybody that lets you know how, you know, <laughs> often the clouds I was, but um, what I was saying is if you're going to go into a uh, 13 lives and wondering if Ron Howard knows how to make you feel claustrophobic or, you know, like tension or anything like that, look at Apollo 13. What I'm people would you. consider is his best movie. The guy knows how to do tension. He does it yeah. really well. They really are very similar. They yes. really are. Um, and, you know, the cave is just space. Space is the cave in this movie. And because, yes, I guess I guess maybe a slight difference is in Apollo 13, the astronauts are part of the problem-solving but not really. It's mostly happening on the ground. They're just executing it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really interesting to kind of see those similarities. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, any honorable mentions, Andrew, that you uh, want to One, mention honorably? It's weird. I love this movie, and I don't hear anybody talk about it, and I think I know why. Because I just looked up. There are no digital versions of this movie, only hard copies and it's a ron howard movie that stars mel gibson called ransom no ransom was in my honorable mentions as well uh i didn't realize there were no you can't uh, see it anywhere and there's nowhere to buy it digitally you can only buy a it's the weirdest or a thing DVD. about the streaming era is how things aren't streaming like every yeah. like you would think everything would be streaming somewhere just so you know when somebody wanted to watch there's ransom, a revenue stream for it Right. If somebody wanted to watch Ransom, they go, oh, well, I guess it's good I have Paramount Plus or I don't have Paramount Plus. So I should I'm just throwing one out there. I don't even know who the production company for Ransom is. But but it's like and if it's not a main production company that has a streaming service, you would think that people would be like, hmm, I want to make a little bit extra money off this movie. I, I guess I'll sell it to such and such to let them stream it. Um, 
but yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know why why they make those decisions. But yeah, Ransom's are weird. On, my, on my honorable mention as well. I did have a couple others. Oh yeah, go go. Uh I like Solo more than most. Uh Solo a Star Wars story, um, which uh, Ron Howard got a directed by credit. It's a weird directed by credit because he really just kind of he, picked up the the baton, yeah. you know, uh quite a ways in. Um so Yeah. But I do enjoy the, that movie. I I don't know if it's one of those things like it's just a, a production nightmare for that movie, which it really was. So I don't know how much of like to blame I can put on Ron Howard for me really sure. not liking that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I like his Grinch. I like uh, yes the, the the Grinch movie he did with Jim Carrey. I think that's um, that's really good. I really enjoy that one. So those are my honorable mentions. Uh, all right, let's finish off with some buried treasure. Andrew, I'll go first and let you finish this out. Do it. Uh, I watched a mockumentary on Paramount Plus called Players um, and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Players follows a... uh, Oh, I wanted to see this. A mockumentary about a League of Legends team called Fugitive and uh, what happens when an up-and-coming esports star uh, named Organism um joins a team with an established star and it's kind of there's a lot of sports movie documentary kind of stuff into it i don't know if you watch like the uh the michael jordan documentary that espn did uh recently are you talking about the last uh last dance last dance yeah yeah so there's the you you know there's that kind of feel to it there's even times when they're like watching stuff on an ipad that reminded me of last dance um so there's a lot of that kind of mockumentary stuff. There's some over-the-top stuff. But what's amazing about this... By the way, it's done by the same people that did American Vandal. And American I was Vandal just about a, to ask if yeah. if it's like American Vandal because that is creme de la creme amazing mockumentary. This is this is as good, if not better, than American Vandal, in my opinion. Oh, you've sold me. That's all you had to say. Um, <laughs> and I think the reason is, in American Vandal, it was hilarious. It was dead. Like, it was a dead on parody mockumentary you know all that kind of stuff it, it just worked all the characters they sold it they sold, they sold it sold it and it worked but this does all of that plus in my mind makes you actually feel something so like and not that american vandal didn't you know have any kind of message or emotion to it but it was primarily about the walls right it was primarily yeah. about the hilarity this has yeah. the hilarity and you also end up like feeling like there's actual real human authentic drama in it you, as well which is you a really pick sides and stuff yeah like it's a really interesting thing to pull off what they're doing here and i think it works really well um so yeah big 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 recommend for players uh finally got around to binging it it's a pretty quick binge um and it's on paramount plus uh and man i hope I hope they just keep making this show because it's it's a lot of fun. And, and I, I will also mention, I don't think you have to know a lot about League of Legends or esports or any Good. of that to really get into it. I actually happen to know a little bit about League of Legends because my boys played and I've gotten into watching competitive League of Legends. And I will tell you, as somebody who is has been into it a little bit, the absolute knowledge that they have of what goes on in league of legend is so perfect like this is and again you don't have to know it to enjoy it is it still understandable it's still understandable like there are just there are just human elements of any kind of competition or sports that you know you understand you don't have to understand how the game works how the gameplay works any of that you can understand you know what they're doing 
But if you do know League of Legends, you I think you will be impressed at the level of knowledge and care that's taken in actually making this feel like it's real, genuine esports uh, stuff. So um, really well done. Just really well done. Players is is on Paramount Plus, and that's my uh, buried treasure. What do you got? Well, Aaron, if I were to say or to ask you, what country do you think has the best game shows? What would you possibly say? Oh man, it depends on what you're in the mood for. But I mean, Japanese okay, game let me, shows let me, uh, are let me say funniest, amazing. funniest game shows. The funniest game shows? Yes. <clears throat> depends on what you find funny. But um, <laughs> no, I'm just messing. The with correct you. answer is Britain. <clears throat> the BBC has some of the best game shows, and I mm-hmm. found one last night that I went on a YouTube binge of four hours. Of just watching like the best of clips for the show called Would I Lie to You? Okay. Where it's uh, Rob Brydon is the host of it. Okay. And basically, I think they even do a bit like this on Kimmel where uh, uh, they read off a card, uh, a story of something that happened to them in their lives. And then the other team kind of has to guess, is the story he just told true or false? And like they, they, uh, there's like uh, a time, a time limit where you can ask the person questions. Like I think one of them was, uh, when I go to the zoo, elephants are always attracted to me and point their tusks or point their trunks at me. And so then you have like five minutes where you get to like uh, in- interrogate the person <clears throat> and like and uh, see if you think they're lying or telling the truth. And that sounds fun. It is hilarious. Nice. Yeah, I there's so much uh, game show television that I know I would love and enjoy watching. And it's just an element that <clears throat> it's so hard for me to spend the small amounts of content time I have digging into something like that, even though I know I'd enjoy it just because there's so many other things I feel like the pressure to have, you know, seen or, you know, that are prestige TV or whatever. And there's going to come a time. I'm telling you this now. There's going to come a time in the next (laughs) five years or so where I will be done with prestige television. I will just be like, you guys can watch all the dramas. I'm going to watch reality television, game shows, stuff that makes me smile, stuff that makes me happy. And I get that there's going to be some great stuff I miss, but I'm just I'm going to sit on my couch and watch. I'm going to sit on my couch and laugh because that's what I want to do. Um, but it hasn't happened yet, so I'm watching you know stuff like <laughs> you know uh, catching up on Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones or The Old Man. You know yeah. what all this stuff that just kind of came and and that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, this sounds really really interesting to me. Yeah, um, if you like shows like QI or 8 Out of 10 Cats or, you know, if shows like that, this would fit perfectly right into that little wheelhouse for you. So Nice, yeah. nice. Would I Lie to You is on BBC. Or YouTube, uh, just watch like seven hours of clips. <laughs> or just do seven hours of clips on YouTube. Players is on Paramount+. Plus. Well, we did it, man. We did a podcast. Woo! Yeah. Congratulations. Climb to the top of the tower and seized our no. destiny by plugging in our... No, we did not. We <laughs> swam a mile and a half in a cave. That's what we did to accomplish this. You would rather... Would you rather try and... Okay, Aaron. Would you rather try and save the kids or save the girl at the top of the tower? The kids. I, absolutely the kids. For so many multiple reasons. Okay, okay. Let's say it's the exact same person on either end and you have to try and save uh-huh. them. Which one are you going for? 
Well, me personally, uh, cave, you, cave or climb. The the person stuck on the tower, if it's up to me, is just stuck there. There's nothing I can do about that. I, I would be paralyzed to climb more than 10 feet in the air. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Swimming underwater with diving apparatus, I can do. Um, I would give it a shot. Uh, I would likely die because yeah, Aaron, I've never... I'm gonna, this isn't me saying that you're, you're fat, but you are just actually a tall, tall person. So I don't think you would be able to fit through the... I, I would be dimensionally challenged yes, uh, dimensionally to try to fit, fit through some of that stuff. So... Yeah, absolutely. No, I would I would do the cave rescue. Either way, though, what I know I can accomplish uh, multiple times a week is doing a podcast. <laughs> yes. and, and we did one today, so well done. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today on Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thanks, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. I'm, I'm screaming from the top of a tower. Oh, got so. it. Got it. I understand now. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Uh, again, support starts at $3 a month, and you get access to all the bonus uh, episodes at a certain level, as well as some other fun perks. You can find out more of that information at patreon.com slash Pop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Uh, you can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than taking loads of pictures and video and still keeping a phone charged for over two days. Uh <laughs> We will be back next week with a couple more movies. There's plenty that's come out, kind of some under the radar, uh, some on screen. So we'll pick a couple and we'll talk about them uh, next week. We'll see you then. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.